This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 117 A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of 1983. Feeling a little strange. I think it might be time for a change. I'd like to be in the Virgin Islands Watching the seagulls dance Or in Rome eating ravioli Drunk on romance Reggie premiered on ABC on August 2, 1983 at 9.30 p.m. Roughly based on a U.K. series called The Fall and Rise of Reginald Perrin, which was itself based on a series of novels. The original series featured a man in a middle-aged crisis who fakes his own death and then returns in disguise to see how life went on without him. That's a bit dark for U.S. TV at the time, so in this version, Reggie, Richard Mulligan, plays a frustrated man who engages in various daydreams. He has an overbearing boss, Chip Zine, a vivacious secretary, Jean Smart, a wife, Barbara Berry, a married daughter, Diane Kay, and her husband, Timothy Stack, and a son, Timothy Busfield. Reggie lusts after both his secretary and his son's girlfriend, only confiding in a stuffed toy fox. We covered Richard Mulligan in episode 46 for The Hero, Chip Zine in episode 106 for Love, Sydney, Barbara Berry in episode 67 for Diana, and we'll cover Jean Smart for her far more successful series. Diane Kay is best known as one of the Bradford kids on Eight is Enough. She also had a role in the film 1941. Post-Reggie, she went on to a run on Glitter, then a handful of guest spots before retiring in 1999. Timothy Stack was a member of improv group The Groundlings before starting a long TV career in the early 80s. He had regular or recurring roles on The Winds of War, Punky Brewster, Night Court, Dr. Doctor, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, Johnny Bago, Nightstand, Son of the Beach, and My Name is Earl, and films The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, The Aviator, Back to School, and Castaway. Stack is also a successful TV writer, Nightstand, Son of the Beach, My Name is Earl, and Raising Hope, and a director, with the four shows just noted, plus The Millers and Kirby Buckets. Timothy Busfield started on the stage in regional theater, and at one point was a standby in Brighton Beach Memoirs. He would later star in Broadway's A Few Good Men. He came to L.A. for Reggie, and while that didn't last, it gave him other major opportunities with a run on Trapper John, M.D., and the film Revenge of the Nerds. Other films, Field of Dreams, and Quiz Show. He started a long run on 30-something, winning an Emmy out of four nominations in 1987, and a second on The West Wing in 1999. Other TV runs, The Birds of Paradise, Champs, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, Secrets and Lies, Designated Survivor, Almost Family, and the currently running For Life. Busfield got a start in directing during the 30-something run, and this became a major part of his career. Ed, Without a Trace, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, Las Vegas, 
Lipstick Jungle, Damages, The Night Shift, to name a few. He also produced Ed, Without a Trace, Lipstick Jungle, Mind Games, and Secrets and Lies. Reggie was no hit, reaching all of six episodes before getting the shaft. Because of its more famous UK progenitor, there's very little video of it online. I did catch the opening credits on YouTube with Mulligan in a suit floating around clouds in his dreams. Mulligan also sang the opening tune. It's a shame this was his follow-up to Soap, but Empty Nest was still to come. We Got It Made premiered on NBC on September 8, 1983 at 9 p.m. In a gender-reverse threes company, bachelor roommates Jay, Tom Villard, and David, Matt McCoy, later John Hilner, decide they need someone to clean up their apartment, so they hire blonde bombshell maid Mickey, Terry Copley. Their respective girlfriends, Claudia and Beth, played by Stephanie Kramer and Bonnie Urseth, are naturally concerned about this, but it's all above board. Three years after the show was canceled, it was caught up in first-run syndication, with neighbor Max added, Ron Carabazzos, and his son Max Jr., played by Lance Wilson White, a kid with the hots for Mickey. Tom Villard studied at the Lee Strasberg Institute and the American Musical and Dramatic Academy before going on to films Grease 2, One Crazy Summer, and Heartbreak Ridge prior to We Got It Made. He had multiple TV guest roles and a few films after that. He died from AIDS complications in 1994. Matt McCoy graduated from the Neighborhood Playhouse with We Got It Made being one of his first roles. He got on the tail end of the Police Academy franchise, as well as films L.A. Confidential, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, and a lot of TV movies and guest spots recurring on Carnival, Silicon Valley, and Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. You might have seen him recently as the spokesman for Hartford Insurance. John Hilner is much better known for his stage work. Broadway's They're Playing Our Song, Woman of the Year, Crazy for You, Footloose, Mamma Mia, The Graduate, La Caja Fall. He also appeared in Say Anything. Terry Copley started as a model. She would later appear on the cover of Playboy and co-starred in I Had Three Wives during We Got It Made's Hiatus. After some minor film work and guest spots, she became a born-again Christian and, for the most part, left the business. Stephanie Kramer had already recurred on Married the First Year and did a number of TV guest spots prior to We Got It Made. Her best-known role followed it, Dee Dee McCall on Hunter, which spawned TV movies and a sequel after its long run. Kramer is a trained mezzo-soprano performed on TV specials and in a one-woman show. This was Bonnie Ursa's only regular TV role, but had dozens of guest roles, with the last in 2005. Ron Carabazzos had already been a regular on Dreams and Our Family Honor prior to We Got It Made, with a recurring role on Matlock later. Films include Prince of the City, Flashdance, The Cotton Club, My Blue Heaven, Get Shorty, and Surviving Christmas. Carabazzos passed in 2012. Lance Wilson White went on to recur on Major Dad. As already mentioned, We Got It Made had a network run of less than a season. Three years later, NBC decided they wanted that sweet early evening syndication money, 
So they dusted the show off and set it up as part of their Primetime Begins at 7.30 campaign. NBC stations owned by the network showed the series and several others, while other stations picked it up as well. The experiment only lasted one season. Found an episode on YouTube which looks like it was shot off a bedsheet. The mostly wordless opening theme screams the 80s with garish colors and quick cuts. There's a whole odd couple vibe, except that Felix is too busy doing business stuff to clean the apartment. Mickey does her best Marilyn Monroe imitation. The cast is trying way too hard, as is the laugh track. It's like a parody of a bad sitcom. Frankly, I'm not sure if I can make it through mid-80s sitcoms. Webster premiered on ABC on September 16, 1983, at 8.30 p.m. ABC watched NBC's huge hit Different Strokes, all about an adorable black kid adopted by a white family, and said, well, we can do that. Emmanuel Lewis stars as the titular character who lost his parents in a car crash, which seems to be a TV trope, and is adopted by his ex-NFL pro godfather George, played appropriately by ex-footballer Alex Karras. He had just gotten married to socialite Catherine, played by Susan Clark, making them an instant family. Karras and Clark were married in real life. Henry Pollock II played Catherine's secretary, while Eugene Roach and Catherine Damon played the landlords. Ben Vereen played Webster's uncle for a time, who attempted to contest his custody. Later in the run, George's brother and sister-in-law dropped off their son, Nicky, Corin Nemec, when they moved to Nigeria, yet another trope, giving Webster an older brother. We covered Henry Pollock in episode 78 for When Things Were Rotten, Eugene Roach in episode 62 for The Corner Bar, Catherine Damon in episode 86 for Soap, and we'll cover Corin Nemec later for his starring series. Emmanuel Lewis's height was not caused by any known medical condition. He's only added six inches to his height since he was a boy and is currently 4'3". His precocious nature got him commercials, including a series for Burger King, which is where ABC programming chief Lou Ehrlich saw him and snapped him up for a TV series. Lewis would go on to become a big star, especially in Japan, where he did multiple personal appearance tours and cut a record. Ironically, he grew out of kid roles and for the most part left the business by the 90s with only a few guest roles after that. Alex Karras was a member of a football family with his two older brothers playing for the Redskins, Bears, and Lions. Alex went to Iowa under bizarre circumstances. Coaches essentially kidnapped him after high school graduation for the summer. Not even his mother knew where he was. He would go on to become a runner-up for the Heisman and a member of the All-American team in 1957. Karras was drafted by the Detroit Lions and became a dominant defensive tackle. At one point, Karras was suspended for betting on games. During the off-seasons, he was a professional wrestler. 
He would play in the NFL till 1971 when injuries ended his career. This year, Karras was elected posthumously to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Karras got into acting during his football years playing a football coach in Paper Lion. Guest spots and talk show appearances followed. His first big break, however, was playing Mongo in Mel Brooks' Blazing Saddles. Mongo only pawn in Game of Life. Other films, FM, Porky's, Victor Victoria, Against All Odds. In the mid-70s, he became a commentator for Monday Night Football. He had previously hosted a pre-football show in Canada. In 1975, he played George Saharius in the TV movie Babe as the husband of Olympian Babe Diedrichsen. She was played by Susan Clark, who he would later marry. He had a run in the miniseries Centennial prior to Webster. Karras passed in 2012. Susan Clark got involved in acting as a child in Toronto theater. She would later study at London's Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts, which led to on-camera work there, including The Benny Hill Show. Her father's illness brought her back, and she settled in L.A., which led to a universal contract, one of the last of the old studio system. This meant a lot of TV guest spots, as well as films Coogan's Bluff, Colossus the Forbin Project, Skin Game, Airport 1975, Murder by Decree, and Porky's with husband Alex Karras. Clark was nominated twice for an Emmy, both for biopics, Amelia Earhart and Babe Diedrichsen. She got a Golden Globe nom for Webster. Later on, she had a regular role on Emily of New Moon. Ben Vereen is better known for his stage work in Broadway's Hair, Jesus Christ Superstar winning a Theater World Award, Pippin winning a Tony and Drama Desk Award, Jelly's Last Jam, Fosse, and Wicked. He studied at the High School of Performing Arts, a.k.a. the Fame School, which led to his stage career, as well as films Sweet Charity, Funny Lady, and All That Jazz. Vereen had regular or recurring roles on Roots, playing Chicken George, Ten Speed and Brown Shoe, co-starring with Jeff Goldblum, A.D., Zubilee Zoo, J.J. Starbuck, reprising his Ten Speed character, Silk Stockings, How I Met Your Mother, Sneaky Pete, and Star. He also had a variety series called Benverine Coming At Ya. In 1981, he performed at Reagan's inauguration but was not seen on TV and is involved blackface. He was accused of sexual harassment in 2012 and apologized for his actions. Webster started out as a very different series. Karras and Clark had gotten the green light to produce and co-star in Another Ball Game, a rom-com about an ex-football player who falls in love with a socialite on a cruise. However, ABC needed to move on Emmanuel Lewis, and they already had a number of new comedies scheduled. So Webster was shoehorned into Another Ball Game, which became Then Became You, a title that was included on promotional materials. However, ABC wanted Lewis to be front and center, so the show's name changed yet again prior to air, with Karras and Clark pushed into the background. This created a lot of tension on the set. Remember, Karras and Clark were ostensibly the producers, and there was a lot of demands for rewrites during taping. By the second year, Karras and Clark got ABC to move the show into more of an ensemble and to pump the brakes on preachy storylines. In return, Lewis got part of the production credits. By the fourth season, the show's ratings dropped. It hit 2.9 on the Bazinga scale in its first two seasons, and the network decided that Lewis's cuteness had passed. 
In a stroke of timing, the show exited the network just as first-run syndication became a thing, so they got one more season out of that. This is when Webster got an older brother. By that point, Lewis was 17 and playing a character half his age, so he decided to end it. In a bizarre move, the final episode was an example of synergy at its worst. Webster went on an adventure, not sure if this was just a dream sequence, on the Starship Enterprise, a.k.a. Star Trek The Next Generation, a fellow Paramount series. Worf is the only TNG regular to appear in this crossover, with the rest of the crew played by stand-ins. It's a terrible framing device for a clip show. It's available on Daily Motion. If you've got a half hour to kill and you're far too much into Trek, you can see regular episodes on Antenna TV or via Shout Factory DVDs. Ironically, the opening theme, Then Came You, is the scrapped interim show title. I guess they didn't want to pay for a new theme. More of 1983 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.